Hello, people who have never had a MySpace account. If you've never had a MySpace account, this is the podcast for you. This is the 18 and expired podcast with Sarah and Zainab, where we talk about literally everything. Um, And it's just an excuse for us to have structured conversation. So if that sounds interesting to you, you should listen. And if it doesn't sound interesting to you, you have to listen. Change your perspective a little bit. (laughs) So today we're going to be talking about something incredibly controversial. Pockets. Pockets? And specifically, why are there no pockets in women's clothing? I started thinking about this like a year ago when I went grocery shopping with my dad and my sister. We went to Walmart to get school supplies for my sister and I was really intelligent that one day and so in in my wisdom I was like, I don't need a purse. I will just carry my phone around with me while we shop. Um, Yeah, so brilliant idea. Obviously, we go, we buy folders and binders and whatnot. And then eventually, at some point, I'm like, oh, where's my phone? And I asked my dad, I asked my sister. Neither of them have my phone. And I was like, okay, shit. So at this point, you know, kind of panicking, I asked the Walmart manager. And I was like, can you help me? My phone is, I think it's stolen or like I left it somewhere. Um... Can you do some sort of announcement? And she can't do anything to help. And so I'm also like tracking my phone with some tracking app from my dad's phone. And I see that for a while it's still in Walmart. So we call the police officer, you know, second big mistake. And they're super, they're super useless. And they're just like, can't do anything. And in the meantime, we see that the location of the phone changes from Walmart to some Kroger, like a couple cities away. And the police officer is like, okay, we can't do anything for now. We can't go there. It might be dangerous. You guys should also not go there. Kroger is notoriously a dangerous oh, yes, place. Obviously. <laughs> and so they're just like, go home and alert us if you see that the location changes to a residential area. So my dad and I were like, okay, sure. Uh, so police officer left. We went to Kroger. Um, we're looking for the phone and we, we're still tracking it on the app. So it's like, we know it's in Kroger somewhere. We have all these theories about, oh, some grocery shop, uh, some clerk must have it because it's been here for so long, something like that. So we're looking, we call police again, Livonia police this time where the, where the Kroger was. They're like double as useless as the previous police. They're just like, no, your tracking app sucks. Even the police tracking is like 1000 meters off at best. So your phone is probably like getting taken apart somewhere right now. And so I'm just like, bro, like what kind of tracking software do the police use? But yeah, ultimately we don't <laughs> find it that night. We go home. I see that like Kroger closes at 1, 1 a.m. So I was like, I have this theory that the Kroger employee who has it is probably going to go home at 1 a.m. So I set an alarm for 1.15, wake up, check the location, it's still at Kroger. So at this point I'm just like really like confused, like what the fuck, like why is it still at Kroger? So the next morning I go to Sprint to see what my insurance is on the phone. And they tell me about these machines where people can like put in phones and get money out basically and so I go to Kroger I see that oh one of these machines is there so we have to do a whole thing call the police again have them open the machine and my phone is in there and finally I get it back um but I lost the case in the process so you know oh my god that's so sad. tragic really tragic um, that's so <laughs> but basically long story short if I had had pockets in my clothing that day I wouldn't have to carry my phone around and we could have avoided the whole situation and so women's and pockets. it has nothing to do with your own decision making oh, obviously of course not of course not it has everything to do with pockets and uh, institutional sexism so yeah exactly <laughs> um so yeah it's kind of like a privileged problem to not be able to put your phone inside your pocket but it's kind of just reflective of how vast structural sexism is um 
it, it kind of sounds nitpicky, like, why don't we have pockets as big as male pockets, but, or pockets for men's clothing, but, um, it's just one of those things that represents, uh, how sexism permeates yeah. every single part of our lives, <laughs> like, literally <Yes>. everything. <laughs> exactly. When I was looking up stuff about pockets, um, I found this quote from, uh, it was printed in Harper's Magazine in, like, the 1890s, and this mother observed that her young son already had pockets in his clothes when he was, like, five years old, while she and her daughter both had no pockets and had never had pockets. And she wrote that a, bo- a boy's pockets are his certificate of empire. All through life, he will carry his scepter of dominion by the right of his pockets. <laughs> which which is really elaborate language for a simple idea, but I think the idea is there. Who doesn't want a scepter of dominion? <laughs> Who doesn't want to be in a fantasy novel with a scepter of dominion? I mean, scepter of dominion could mean a lot of things. It's definitely some sort of a euphemism. But, you know, we'll ignore that. I want a scepter of dominion. So how do do we achieve that? (laughs) I think we need pockets first because until we have pockets, where do we put the scepter of dominion once we have it? (laughs) Priorities. (laughs) And, like, okay, so... I think we should think about why we don't have pockets in women's clothing. Or we don't have, like, good pockets in women's clothing. And it has a lot to do with, like, the silhouette, right? Um, there, There's a Vox video that talks about this, but it's basically just pockets ruin a tight, quote-unquote, sexy silhouette. Um, so without pockets, then that silhouette won't be ruined, and then you will be beautiful because obviously you won't appeal to men so what what use is your life at that point like just just stop trying right because men care (laughs) do you think men would even notice (laughs) that's the thing like all of this stuff is about being more appealing to men but like i don't think a man would notice if i was wearing a burka or (laughs) or a bikini at least they put pockets in burkas (laughs) but (laughs) i'm true but it's interesting because it's not even just about tight clothes, right? Like, it's it's like about the silhouette, like you were saying. Like, even my looser pants and looser jeans still have pockets that fit, like, one-fourth of my phone in them. Yeah. So it's just... Um, yeah, but but we we were talking about this earlier, and we were just trying to look into, like, why don't we have pockets right now? What's the, like, history of pockets in women's clothing? And what we found out is that basically in, like, the 17th and 19th century, women had these large, like, pockets that you could attach onto like, onto your body, underneath your dress. So, those are really convenient, and I think we should bring back tie-on pockets just as Victorian a era supremacy! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if there were, yeah. Um, but, basically then, pockets started to become more controversial, and there were pocketists, and there were anti-pocketists, and there, there were basically people who like these, like, practical pockets that you can tie on, then there were other people who were like, nah, pockets are for, like, old women, now we need purses. Okay, brilliant idea. So tie-in pockets remained popular for like a while more because they were just so useful. And, you know, like it was hard to put pockets in other places in women's dresses. But, you know, of course, men, meanwhile, got like blazers and stuff and with pockets like up and down. And Pocket this... technology was advanced for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, we just had like ancient fanny packs. We were stuck in like the Stone Age of pockets, but even that was better than what we have now. Yeah. Right? So eventually, like, dresses went out of fashion and pants became more normal as women entered the workforce and initially there were bigger pockets because it's obviously useful when you're working especially like manually um but then eventually fashion over function and you know we wanted like form-fitting clothing or like not we but you know corporations wanted us to want form-fitting clothing (laughs) and so they were like okay no more pockets thinner waistlines slimmer pockets stretchier pants um 
So that's a brief history of pockets and clothing. And that's mostly in the West, too, yeah. because I feel like as you look at different areas uh, of the world, looser clothing is more prominent, and I, I mean, as you said, with looser clothing in the West, it's there are still, like, horrible pockets, but in other areas, it... It depends. <laughs> That's all I can say. It depends. Yeah, I mean, I think when thinking about, like, clothes, especially, like, around parts of the world, it, like, traces back to, like, climate a lot of times in terms of, like, flowy clothes and how many layers and, like, how tight. And obviously now that's, like, less of an issue, but we can see the remnants of that. And also when you add on the layer of, like, Western capitalism, really, really makes it hard for a women who are trying to get dressed in western countries <laughs> why this is why is this such a complex issue is my question why can't we just have pot like out of all of the things in in that are divisive in the world like this is the one thing that i think all women can agree on or all people <laughs> who wear women's clothing can agree on no amy coney more- barrett definitely definitely does not want pockets in women's clothing <laughs> <laughs> First ruling as a judge. Yes, Marjorie Taylor Greene definitely doesn't want pockets in women's clothing. <laughs> She's gonna put up She's a sign outside, outside her outside her office. No pockets for yes. women. You don't need to go outside. Just stay in the kitchen. You don't need pockets. There are only two genders and no pockets for women. That's, that's that should and be the end of the podcast. The science <laughs> says that women are supposed to stay in the kitchen, and men are supposed to wear pockets. And those are the two identifying factors of... So, yeah. Obviously, you could never binary. need pockets in the kitchen because what could you possibly do with that? But yeah, it, it just connects to this larger larger issue of fashion over function and ultimately how we're all being ruled by capitalism and corporations and and how we're, we're tricked into thinking that... Um, we're tricked into thinking we want certain things, as I was saying, because it makes money for, you know, a few people at the top. Um, but I have a question, and we, like, wrote out a script and everything to try and sound professional, but this isn't in the script, but, um, do you think that it's objectively better to have bigger pockets? Oh my god, this is such a stupid topic. <laughs> do you think it's, ex- do you think it's objectively better to have bigger pockets or to have, like, purses? Because for men, it's not as socially acceptable to have a purse. You can have, like, a backpack. That's also that's... true. That's true. I think overall, let's just normalize everything for everyone. Like, you know, if you want pockets, you get pockets. If you want a purse, you get a purse. If you want both, you get both. But, um, but also, like, I think it's, I think it's complicated in terms of, like, do we truly even want pockets in our clothing? Because I feel like a lot of women would do want that, like, that silhouette and having pockets and especially putting things in pockets are gonna, is gonna, that bulge is gonna ruin the silhouette, right? <laughs> such a big problem i mean like you know what i mean like a lot of women would probably be like no i don't want pockets even if they like understand the understand the issue you know what wouldn't ruin the silhouette is a fanny pack (laughs) oh yeah fanny packs are so fanny packs are just modern day tie-on pockets from the victorian era and i think we should bring them back i I Um, agree if there's anything we need still from the victorian era it's it's just those high-end pockets we can leave the rest of it behind but but the pockets <laughs> oh my god. But but no, regarding the like is it objectively better to have pockets thing, I think it's just about like can we even 
it's like it's like that thing about true desire and can you even separate it from like manufactured desire and all the desire that like capitalism and corporations and like societal expectations and all of those things have like put in people can we even say at this point what people really want you know this is too smart for me to understand (laughs) i don't think we can separate our desire from any outside um influences so i guess that that definitely includes marketing and especially now when we're literally always bombarded with advertisements whether covert or overt like can we even make our own decisions anymore can we do we even have any any thoughts that aren't directly related to what is marketed towards us this is very true but i think also like completely going off script here (laughs) regarding your thing about like anymore right can we have thoughts anymore i think it also is like a larger topic about everybody who's like oh this generation doesn't you know Mm -hmm. think for themselves but at any point in human history could you separate because there was always patriarchy and societal expectations and all of these things right it's just like the new form of it yeah i think what's different is that it's so psychologically informed if you talk about if you think about like advertisement on social media or like social media algorithms there are people who literally understand how our brains work helping to create these algorithms and these marketing strategies so it's like it's like a a magnified version of what already existed and i wonder what the ramifications of that are whether it is in our decisions to buy certain things to like certain things like pockets or not pockets or just things in general like political leanings and um, moral, uh, ideologies. <laughs> yeah, but, but pockets. <laughs> but pockets, though. <laughs> no, no, I think, I think you're right. Like, I, yeah, I don't think there's any such thing as, like, true desire at this point. And I think that it's also kind of terrifying because we're also just, like, progress is happening and we would like to all think that progress is happening. But in yeah. some ways that the, like, the, like, the big brother figure is stronger than it ever was, you know? Yeah. Because of all these things, like, technology, marketing, et cetera, et cetera. Because can progress really happen if we still have the same structures that we had before? Like, we're working within those same structures. We're just trying to, like, change how a few things work, you know? How did we get from pocket size? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but... But, no, I think, yeah, I think that... I think that ultimately it's just, like, kind of doomed to... Like, I don't think true equality or true, like, liberation can ever be achieved without like a dramatic changing of all the structures that we have because radical they were feminist alert yeah. radical <laughs> feminist alert radical <laughs> but she takes one women's and gender studies class and now <laughs> i feel like my whole life has been a women's and gender studies class to be fair but but like you you understand yeah what i mean yeah I do. yeah like how long can you keep climbing in the same system like, you're never going to reach the top. You're just going to be climbing for your whole life. You know? Exactly. And some people are just at the top from birth. So fun. And some people are tumbling downhill. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like me. <laughs> this is an interesting metaphor. Did you just, like, come up with it on, on the fly? I feel like you can add so many things to it. Environment affects how fast you can climb up. Very true. If it's snowing. And how fast you can fall down. Tremendously. If it's snowing. <laughs> if it's snowing. How, how well do you think Elsa would do climbing up? <laughs> Elsa is I mean, she's a, born into... Elsa, she's she's royalty. She's white. She's 
beautiful by like societal standards of beauty i i, I don't think she even she has to can... climb anything to begin with I, she's already at the top <laughs> i saw her climb the mountain in that movie oh yeah what are we even talking about i was like trying to add something interesting because like zainab just knocked it out of the park i don't even know and i just said elsa because i have a younger sister who is obsessed our next podcast series can just be like <laughs> analyzing the like social positions of various disney characters <laughs> <laughs> But spoiler alert, they're mostly the same. Well, okay. <laughs> now I'm going to talk about this. Please do. This is okay. But um I think a lot of people talk about like Snow White and how she's annoying because she was like a princess and she didn't really fight for herself and she like immediately married the first dude who kissed her and all of that stuff. But if you're thinking about like her social standing the fact that she is literally a victim of, of abuse and a survivor of abuse and the way that she reacted to it is not to like she could i think she could have easily like hurt her her uh queen lady her stepmom or done something to like physically fight back and a lot of people are like oh she should have done this she should have done that why did she just like run away that's so weak of her but like that's incredibly strong to just be able to leave an abusive situation. Yes, so true. Why, like, I feel like we tend to look at it through this lens of, like, what would a man do? Oh my god, that sounds so stupid. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> you, know when you, you know when you, like, experience harassment or something, and a dude's like, just get a knife. Yeah. Or just get a gun. Or, yeah. Like, that's not... That's Just because that's something you might do doesn't mean that's the ideal way to respond to the situation doesn't mean that that's the only way to respond to the situation and it doesn't mean that me responding to the situation by just leaving is a bad thing you know i, yeah. I feel like we're kind of forced into yeah, yeah. i think that's one of the problems with like earlier disney movies especially like snow white cinderella sleeping beauty that like you know holy grail of disney movies but but i think they like took these kind of really, like, severe situations that their characters were in, basically. Mm -hmm. And, it, it, yeah, it definitely relates back to, like, where fairy tales even came from and how they were all, like, super dark and grim yeah. to begin with. But they were like, oh, we're just going to take these, like, horrible situations that these characters are in and then do, like, a very light story about it and, like, advertise it to kids and, like, ignore all these, like, underlying issues. <laughs> and it just... It didn't, it didn't end well. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess kind of, like, the... The indication that the reason that Snow White, I guess in this example, the reason that she got out of the situation is because of the dude that saved her, saved her. Like, that's the message that you get yeah. from watching the movie. But, like, that's not what happened. She, she saved she, herself. She saved herself. Yeah. I think it's because we we respect certain types of strength above others, right? And we respect yes. this this traditionally male strength. And we're like, oh, he fought. He, he did X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that's what we respect. But, like the most courageous act of leaving the situation and like that takes a lot of strength and yeah. we just like don't see that i think in general there's like this overlying idea of like in order to be strong you have to approach masculinity like if you think about um like captain marvel yeah the reason that <laughs> the reason that a lot of people like her is because she's very masculine which is like not a bad thing but I feel like people think that in order for a superhero to be strong, they have to be masculine. 
Like, yeah. Strength and masculinity are, are the same thing. Yeah, I think we, like, prize certain types of strength, which yeah. have been, like, traditionally masculine. But also, it's worth it to remember that, like, what is masculine and what is feminine true. is very variable across time and region. That is very true. This is very meta. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, um... Or, like, okay, here's another thing. Like, in, um... To, to go through the vein of, like, superhero stuff again. Like, a lot of people would complain about superheroes, wi- female superheroes with armor that, like, had breastplates. And they'd be like, why would they have a bre- breastplate? Like, they shouldn't have that. It should just be flat. So it can be, like, the man's armor? Yeah, because, like, but it's like she's not flat. Like, why should... Why would that... If it's sculpted to his body, why shouldn't it be sculpted like, to Like, I understand body? your yeah. commentary about, like, the over-sexualization of, like, women. It is definitely a problem. In general, but which like... is a problem. But, like, why is the solution <laughs> just making her into a man? Yeah. Exactly. Or, uh, like I just... guess, a male. Yes, that, that's such a good point, because it's just, like... When you have form-fitting armor the same way that, like, when, like, women superheroes, like, when Black Widow has form-fitting armor, people are like, oh, it's so sexy, it's so this, like, and why do they make it like that? But, like, it's the exact same as Captain America, it's the exact same as Iron Man. Stop sexualizing her body. That's so true. You know? Like, it's not the armor, it's you, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Did you ever see that interview of, um, someone was interviewing Scarlett Johansson and they were like... Did did you wear underwear underneath your really I saw tight... I saw that. I don't <laughs> love Scarlett Johansson with that pistol. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you even think of such an invasive question in the first place? Like, how? Like, what kind of mental gymnastics are you going through to justify asking that question or even thinking about it in the first place? Yeah. And like, why? Why? Like, why does that come to anyone's mind? But I think it's just like regarding the thing about. What were you saying? About, like, um, prizing certain types of strength over others and, like, masculine strengths, typically. I think it, like, relates to this other interesting thing I read about how in sports, right, you know, there's that whole narrative about how, like, oh, women's sports just aren't interesting, right? Mm. Which, first of all, like, not true. Like, the USA women's soccer team is the most routinely watched. outperforms yeah. the men's soccer team. But, but even aside from that, like, the type of sports that we've been conditioned to like are sports that favor men. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like football, like, men don't, like, it's not just like, oh, men are non-discriminately stronger, like, physically stronger than women, you know? Like, women and, like, people with uteruses, like, have children. Like, that's, that's strength, if anything is strength, right? And, like, types of sports that do and can, like, favor women because of, like, the types of strength required, like swimming, for example, we're just, like, yeah. conditioned to think that they're less entertaining, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because for some reason we're just <laughs> we're conditioned to believe that femininity or being female is is bad. And obviously this is like you have to also consider that the binary doesn't exist. Yeah. Like we're talking about this in in respect to the binary, which it, it affects our. Yeah, I mean the binary doesn't exist, but it has real consequences. Exactly. That's so what we have what to talk about it. Yeah. I'm like trying to understand, <laughs> trying to find a way to say this that makes sense. Um. Because then, once you once you fully start to understand that there's no real binary, then you can actually under. Well, what am I saying? Then everything else, like yeah, everything, everything else, else makes sense. Yeah, everything else makes sense, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'm gonna connect this back to like pockets real quick because I feel like we've come full circle in terms of like how we prize masculinity and masculine things above like feminine things, mm-hmm. and it just capitalism you know like root root of all evils because it like targets women so specifically right because um like in capitalist societies you know that progress has to be like 
has to be financially lucrative, right? Like, why did women get the right to start working, right? Because they're like, oh, let's grow the economy, right? (laughs) Why are Muslim women more accepted right now? Because Especially in the fashion industry. Yeah, because corporations learn that, oh, Muslim communities have money, we can profit off of, like, more modest clothing, right? And people of color in general. Yeah, and people of color in general. Oh, yeah, like... Don't even Especially, like, in the makeup industry, like, if you think about yeah. what Fenty Beauty did, and then suddenly everyone could have a, a large <laughs> range of foundation, like, it was already known that people of color, like, they, they, pro- they produced, sorry. Yeah. They, they didn't produce, they bought most of the, the makeup, like, they, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They had a larger portion of people who buy makeup, Yeah. and so as soon as you tapped into that, like, corporations realized that they were missing in a huge demographic of people and it's like the only reason that that progress was made maybe rihanna didn't i don't know she she actually viewed that there was a problem in lack of representation but like many companies literally only tapped into that because they knew it would be a source of financial gain they only yeah. created that progress because there was a chance to make more money <laughs> yeah and that, that leads into like a whole other discussion about how like capitalism and corporations commodify the movement started by like minoritized people and people of color but but like yeah regarding what i was saying like capitalism and like women right like capitalism requires like a gender division of labor which is like paid and unpaid right and then like feminine activities like what is what we've always considered feminine activities just basically legitimizes like the like your ability to exploit like an activity right so over feminized activities like oh like homemaking and caregiving and stuff that actually have a lot of value that are really necessary to society. We just view them as less, especially now Mm. after it's become more normalized that women work, right? We view them as less, which is like society exploits, exploits women, keeps them, keeps that as unpaid and underpaid labor and, um, just perpetuates wealth inequality, which is so fun. That is so delicious. Yeah, I know. I love cap. I love capitalism. I want to get an I love New York t-shirt, but it just says I love capitalism. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, capitalism screws over women in so many ways, from yeah. pockets to wealth inequality to everything else. Yeah. I We didn't really think of how to end this, did we? No, we did not, but... Mm, but I think this is I think this is a good place to end it, right? So just yeah. wrapping up with capitalism, I think that this one idea that we that we read about, right? In um, who was that professor? Tressie Cottom, right? Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Cottom and yeah, she yeah Tressie Cottom and she wrote like this collection of essays, thick and other essays I think it was called, and mm-hmm. she was writing about capitalism and women and like disability, and just about like commodification of labor and like wealth inequality and and all such things and she wrote that you know in capitalism what is moral is what has economic value yeah i don't have anything to add do you have (laughs) what is i I don't give you a chance i feel like i talked a lot but yeah what is moral is what has economic value and i think that just like i think that when we read that it makes like it makes things make a lot more sense you know like regarding Mm -hmm. capitalism regarding inequality regarding just like the general pace that and, and structure that we've had so far, you know, every, every single, um, <laughs> oh my god, I always lose my train of thought, but every single step of progress that we've made is always in this frame of, of capitalism. It's always questioned whether it's financially lucrative to, yeah, make that decision. <laughs> I don't know, I'm sorry, I'm not, 
<laughs> I'm not very eloquent, um, but it, once you look at history through that lens, a lot of things make, make way more sense, um, and it kind of radicalizes you. Yeah. I think it goes back to our earlier idea about you can achieve through liberation in a capitalist society, or in this society that we have, that, you know, everything needs to change for real progress to be made, which is either very hopeful or very depressing. Your choice. Um, I'll choose that it's hopeful. Okay. I'll choose I that it's depressing so we can have a good balance. <laughs> <laughs> you should, I thought you were going to choose hopeful so we could end on like oh, a, a kind note. No. Okay. Nothing is that simple. Nothing is simple ever. Least of all pockets. <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Join us for another mental break. <laughs>